I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, Color Grade listeners. I'm your host, KB, and welcome to the Color Grade podcast. Are you seeing all the colors? The Color Grade podcast is an always unfiltered, always enlightening, and uniquely opinionated podcast about television and film that goes in-depth with guests that give a Black, POC, or queer perspective. Join me as I discuss highly anticipated movies and shows with fellow critics and friends of the podcast, interview some of your favorite artists about their recent or upcoming projects, and leave you with my recommended must-see watch list. Stay tuned. Welcome to this brand new episode of the Color Grade Podcast. I am your host, KB. And on this episode, I have Trey Mangum and Sharonda Williams as my special guests to discuss Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, which is a film review of the new Netflix holiday film starring Forrest Whitaker and Felicia Rashad. Woo! Y'all know my favorite things in life are all Black everything, YA content, books turned into on-screen adaptations, and holiday films. Those are my three favorite things in the whole wide world. I love those two. I love those two. (laughs) And so we're going to be talking about what? Jingle Jangle, which is going to give us Black family magic realness in the holiday spirit setting. So just for the people who have not watched it yet, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey is an imaginary world that comes to life in a holiday take of an eccentric toy maker, his adventurous granddaughter, and a magical invention that has the power to change lives forever. Um, So Jingle Jangle is from David E. Talbert. He wrote and produced this feat. It has some serious star power in it. So we have Forrest Whitaker. We have Keegan Michael Keel, we have Anika Noni Rose, we have Felicia Rashad, we have Ricky Martin, um, and we also have the kids giving these adults a run for their money. Shout out to Madeline Mills, who is the star of the show, um, and she kills it. So y'all tell me, give it to me. How are y'all feeling about Jingle Jangle? You know, what did y'all love? So I'll go. Trey, I'm going to let you So, um, it's real, it's real cute. I will say that, um, it's, it's (laughs) okay. So Jingle Jangle is a really, really cute film. First of all, before, before I get into the more details of the film, I just like to say it's a, it's a, it's a feat that we see black people in a film like this, you know, um, I feel like we get to see this all the time with, um, with white with white stories and white people, we don't really see this with black people. You know, black people using magic, black people just, you know, having fun in a holiday film. Like, you know, and black people not having to, you know, be disenfranchised or discriminated against their being or <laughs> going through racism to get their joy in this film. Like it's not even a component of the story. So I actually like that about the film, and I'm glad that it adds like a different flair to the holiday movies we're used to because again we've never seen 
this before with black people. Um, concerning the story itself, it doesn't really, you know, reinvent the wheel. It's nothing really new there. And because it is a film with mostly black people, we don't really see this blackness per se, like exuded on the screen. Like they are black people, but we don't really see them being black in here. It's just like, you know, the, even in the music, like one or two songs are maybe rooted in blackness, but the others really aren't. So that was kind of, that was kind of like, you know, disappointing to see. But again, I feel, I do still feel like it's a good feed. Madeline Mills is an incredible young talent. I think they, they found her in a, nationwide search to uh to cast for this role and she killed it i mean she's from broadway too so i think that having her in this role was a a very very good choice and you know the cast is stacked so i i i I think it's a good holiday film that the family can enjoy do i think that it is you know (laughs) the best holiday film i'll see this year that's left to be um I don't know that, but we'll see. We'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll watch it a few more times to see if it kind of, if it lands differently. That's kind of where I stand right now. Mm, Sharonda, uh, these faces that you're making are sending me. So please, please. <laughs> Look, you were, you were making faces. It's all your fault because you were making faces, which made me laugh. And then Trey started off with this cute. That just sent me over like before he could even get his thoughts out. But I do want to say, baby, let me tell you something. I am so tired of having to watch The Preacher's Wife every year. I got to watch The Preacher's Wife because it's the only Black family Christmas. Fi- do you know how long I've been watching The Preacher's Wife? Do you know? I can tell you. I can I have memorized the entire screenplay to the preacher's <laughs> wife. I am so tired. So I was so excited to hear. I'm so sad. My mom will kill me if she hear this. But I was happy, like, oh my goodness, finally we have like another black Christmas film with some blackity black Christmas songs. Like I'm gonna get my entire life. Um, and I have to say there are there was one song, like one or two songs that was hitting. And I feel like Trey, we're gonna have the same two songs that we really yeah. liked. But I love the cast. I really want us to get into this mode of finding new talent. Like we don't always have to find established Hollywood names. Like we can definitely introduce new names into the conversation, especially if those are black names into the conversation. Um, But I really thought that they did a very great job from um, a costuming standpoint, like the kind of little like steampunk thing that they had going on with the Christmas a vibe as well. And I thought it looked great. They definitely got their money from a production standpoint to make this look like a great holiday film. Um, And I think it's one of those films I wouldn't necessarily, I know it's this all black cast, um, but this is more like a Christmas family movie, like for everybody. And I feel like I'm being selfish for being upset about that because I just wanted something that was black, 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 black. Um, But I got, hey, this is fun for all all colors, all cultural backgrounds. This is just a happy holiday movie that we never, did we ever mention Christmas? Was Christmas ever mentioned? It was, it was. We it mentioned Christmas. It was? <laughs> oh, okay. On and on. I, was off, like, like, I didn't even it... know if it was Christmas. We mentioned that he was going to yeah, do Yeah, I mean, it was. On, on Christmas. Christmas Day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I had fun watching it. My godchildren, they were like screaming at me. I want to watch Mickey Mouse. And they said and watched the whole movie. So they enjoyed it as well, so. Yeah, those are my positive things to say. You said mm. just positive, right? Oh, I didn't say just positive. I said, be free, give me the tea. <laughs> um, but but I will say this. 
I agree with a lot of what you guys said, though. Um, for me watching it, I went in with the expectation because we are centering a Black family that it was going to be uh, Black in all of the Black ways. Um, I will say that, you know, that one Afrobeat song was hidden. You know, I was it like, was oh, hidden. okay, okay. I was it's like, yes, fights. yes, yes. <laughs> the, the Afrobeat song, it was hidden, it was hidden. But then it was like a whole bunch of little white kids dancing to it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Because okay. one, one, one white girl, she was threatening soon. She was like, <laughs> and I was she, like, she was getting it though. She was still getting it. She was, she was, she was. Listen, I'm not going to play the kids. The kids are talented in this film and they definitely give the adults a run for their money. Um, I will say there was not nearly enough Anika Noni Rose in it for me. That was a, another problem that I definitely had with the yeah. film. Um, I thought that, you know, you have such a big, bold talent and, you know, Anika can sing her behind off. And really, we only got her to sing one song. And I was like, oh, oh. Honestly, everybody kind of had, like, except for Madeline and Forrest, everyone in general kind of had, like, smaller roles, I feel. They were, everyone was kind of just in the periphery of the um, the granddaughter-grandfather uh, story. And even Felicia was shot. Like, she was just in the beginning reading something, then she reading again, and then she flying through a window. Because that last scene just kind of threw me for a loop. Because I'm just like... <laughs> we won't get, I don't know if we're gonna get that later, but like I would love to talk about that last scene because I'm just like, okay. Um, but yeah, I, I don't feel like we kind of saw a lot of the especially when we have cats with established names, big names, you know, that's what lures people in. Like, you know, you say Felicia Rashad in a um or Nika Noni Rose in a Christmas movie, but you kind of get them for like 10 minutes for a movie that is over two hours, might I add. Because <laughs> you know how I feel about uh, long movies, but yeah. Yeah, I know Trey doesn't like long movies, but I will say, um, you know, I, I have a question for y'all. Do y'all really feel like this was for Forrest Whitaker? Because I could have seen a number of other Black actors in this role. And to be quite frank, like Forrest was really giving me um, Scrooge McDuck vibes from DuckTales. Like, I really just felt like his whole look was Scrooge McDuck. His attitude was Scrooge McDuck. Like, he was giving yeah. me all of the Scrooge McDuck. And I kind of thought about it, you know, like, last night. And I was like, I don't know. Like, is Forrest the perfect person? Like, I do. I mean, obviously, like, the story is a redemption story to Trace Point. It's a redemption story. And it's a story about love between a grandfather and a granddaughter and how that granddaughter really heals kind of the places of, of this grandfather who is basically Scrooge McDuck because, you know, he's wealthy. He hates Christmas now because um, his apprentice steals everything from him. And, um, you know, he just ends up really depressed. His wife dies. He pushes his daughter away. He pushes everyone he loves away. But yeah, I was kind of like, hmm, who else would I see in this role? Like outside of Forrest, who else could y'all have seen? Because I'm not saying Forrest didn't do a great job, but I was really thinking like, oh, I could have seen a number of Black actors kind of in this role, killing it with Madeline. Now I will say with, with Madeline specifically, I can't see anyone else doing what she did because I really think that she is truly the star of this film and she was eating the adults. But yes, um, y'all let me know. Who else did y'all see in this film? I don't know anything off the top of my head, but I, will, I, I want to agree with you. And I fully think that anybody else could have, <laughs> anybody could have been in that role. It wasn't something that like was tailored for him or, or, and it wasn't anything that he did in particular in this movie. Well, for example, Madeline, I was like, okay, 
this is her, this is this is her role, this is what she's doing. But nothing that he didn't do anything specifically that I was like, okay, this is this is his role. But I'm trying to think of anybody who I would think could have done it. But wouldn't it have been a writing issue? Like I whenever I watch something and I feel as though well anyone could have been in that role, it's really to me it's always from a writing standpoint because they didn't give them anything to do. But if we look at for his Whitaker, I mean his background is in opera. Like he was a singer first before he switched into acting. And also too, with what he did in the black nativity, like I can see it, but is it really because Forrest Forrest didn't do what he needed to do? Or is it because he wasn't given that much to do instead of being like this, this grumpy man. But I do want to say, I do want to give them kudos because the way that they found the younger versions of him and um, Keegan I was like, okay, yeah, I did that. Yeah. I was here for that. I was, I was actually like, I could see like them being their younger selves. But yeah, to me, I think I always put that on a, a writing issue because if I felt as though you have this like Academy Award actor in this role and they're barely doing anything, I would just, just like, you know, you can save the money if you were gonna give them anything to do, just put somebody else in the role. It, but and, yeah. and I mean. agree. I agree with Sharonda. Like it, it has nothing to do with Forrest's performance because he did what he needed to do with what he was given. Like, I mean, you know, he sings well, you know, he does what he needs to do. He plays the grump well, but I was just thinking about it. Like, man, I really could have seen anyone in that role. And to your point, you know, I, I think that you're right. Like it could just be from a writing perspective. You know, we just didn't see anything that was, I don't know, legendary. And so they they introduced the element of magic. And I want to talk about that because for me, I think that that was one of the plot points that I wanted more of. Like they introduced magic, but they didn't introduce it well. And I was not sold that he had the magic and I was confused about how he got the magic and then is magic only in their bloodstream and then I kind of found myself going down a Lovecraft country hole because I was like so do only the black people I was like do only the black people have magic in this film like I was really confused so trying to get that's why in the movie I was so confused when they hopped out that window it was (laughs) it was going down to the shop and then I'm just confused it's like I'm thinking like did he is is they're like, oh, is this Geronicus's, um, is that's that's the thing? I'm just, first I'm just like, so y'all just been with her all this time. Y'all haven't like realized that there is, <laughs> that Santa Claus, not Santa Claus, whatever his name is, that his shop is right down the street and y'all don't even know that? And then she, and then they just fly out the window and I'm just like, okay, is he still alive? Like, has he got some type of invulnerability? Like, are they going to see him right now? Because she, like, she's old, so he got to be old. Invulnerability. She's, well, she's old and she's also, like, the great great granddaughter, so I was like, I don't know. I don't know how, I mean, maybe they could have, like, maybe (laughs) did a generation or two back and made her be like, you know, I don't know. Maybe, because it was, when she started telling the story, and I think they kind of, the first time they, like, skipped to the present there or whatever i understood that's what they were doing i was like okay this is her like this is she this is the this is the older version i guess x amount of years later and she's gonna tell and then then she just starts like doing all this magic stuff and then the um i can't think of the, the little the little um toy that pops out that, like oh the buddy 3000 the, the buddy through buddy 3000 pop i'm like okay he's still here all these years later it was interesting but i, I do wish that kind of flesh out that part of it more because it was kind of like it we really didn't get an explainer on how any of this works <laughs> like none of it it just kind of was just like here 
Yeah. And so for me, I think that that was one of the biggest plot holes because when I was watching, I was like, is this magic or all y'all just doing physics? Because really it just was like, I, there was some math, cosine and and tangent. <laughs> I said, okay, so you're doing calculus and you're doing physics, but is this magic? Like I just, I, did, I didn't really know how it related. Also y'all, did y'all notice that half the people were British and half were American? Did y'all notice that? They, they filmed the scene in London. Yeah. I'm still tripping off of invulnerability. I don't think I've ever been able to recover since Trey said that. But I I do think that the magic was from a STEM perspective. I think the magic was, the magic was first believing in yourself because once he lost that confidence in himself, like he couldn't see, the robot wouldn't work for him because he didn't believe that the robot could work. So I think it was a mixture of STEM, just being smart and doing math and physics, all that stuff. And also too, you had to believe in yourself to truly have the magic. That's why Keegan's little raggedy uh character, he didn't have no magic, okay? Because he out here thieving and stealing. That's why he couldn't get blessed with no talent, okay? So I'm just saying, but yeah, but they filmed in London. So that's why it was like a mixture. Oh, okay. Cause I was like, people. they keep switching back and forth. And I should say, yeah. And I should say Edison, the little boy, he was eating the adults as well. Mostly the kids were just eating in this film. And Edison was a little precocious little British boy who clearly had a crush on Journey. And, you know, he was brilliant as well. And, you know, obviously, Jeronica uh, has tried to take away his hope by not saying, you're not an inventor. And I was like, wait a minute, you don't ever tell a child that they're not something first off Jeronica's like I know we're going through something but you need to pull it together because we always need to encourage the babies do not do that and um everything went left but to your point Sharonda like if this is going to be a STEM movie listen I'm a scientist I love a good STEM movie I love brilliance let's do that but it just wasn't clear like is this STEM or is this science is this like let's Mm -hmm. just wrap it all up and figure out how this magic works and let's make it a bit more concrete for the girls because to try point when journey flew out the window you know adult journey flew out the window i was really just like oh. it was just like that's all that's what i asked about invulnerability yeah because, just let them fly because and, but here's my point though because who is Jeronica's like who's manning the who's manning the the place now like is it she'll get no off day she'll get no they can't go to sleep. Obviously, it was bedtime. They probably closed. So I'm just, I'm just saying. But can I ask a quick question? There's something that is really bothering my spirit. Okay, and this is just more of a call to action. In kids' movies, can, can we get some dark-skinned little girls in movies? I, I, it's really bothering me because as much content as we consume, I never see dark-skinned black girls. And I think it's really important that when we're making these films, when we're seeing people who look like us, it needs to be reflective of the entire rainbow. It's not just all these little girls. And I'm not trying to take away from Miranda because she's beautiful. She's talented. She's great. But there are beautiful and talented, dark skinned black girls who can do the exact same thing. So I just really want when we're thinking of casting, like let's cast the entire rainbow of black people because I'm starting to see that people don't start thinking that black people is like light skin with curly hair. And that's not that's not the case. My hair not curly, okay? Without a process or something, you know. But I just really want to see that going forward. So that's I just need to get that off my chest. Okay. For, for one thing though, her her name is Madeline. <laughs> so you call her Miranda. Madeline, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby girl. Madeline. I knew that. It's early. Bless. But I do I do agree. I agree with you, Sharonda. Um, there was a point 
And uh, there was a point where I remember thinking like, well, she has two dark skinned parents. Like, you know, I was really hoping we would get a little dark skinned black girl in this film. Um, so I do, I do 100% agree. But Trey, what were you going to say before I ask y'all if this is color grade approved? I was just going to um, add to what Sharonda was saying. And like, not only that, but like, it's kind of, it's always the same because it's always like, if the, if the girl is lighter skin, then whatever, boy she's a oh man she's opposite it's always gonna be dark skin too <laughs> i mean it's gonna be dark skin and it's like you never even see the 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 difference between that like that's why i think when films come out and there is like a dark skin female lead or um paired with you know a light-skinned person like it's just it's just, just it's all we always see the same narrative like over and over like you know if it's going to be, if the lead is going to be light-skinned, then they're going to have someone dark as the male lead. But it's like, that's never done, it's never done in the opposite way. So I just want to add, I just want to add that point to it. Yes, yes. Okay, guys. So tell me, is this color grade approved for you guys? Is Jingle Jangle color grade approved? I will give it a color grade seal of approval. Just because it's family fun, cute family fun um, for the holiday time. Something for the girls to have for the holiday time. <laughs> Sharonda? <laughs> Yeah, no, it's approved. I mean, it's a fun family holiday movie with blacky black people. And uh, we got our one little, like, you know, blacky black song. And, you know, yeah. A little slow wine. Yes. I'm going to say it's color grade approved. Also, mostly because we need to see more content like this. So I feel like, you know, we will never get anything else if we don't say. We don't say yes to a degree. Honestly, you know, yeah. listen, I feel like the film is good. It's family friendly. I think it's easy to watch with your kids. Um, and it's something that you will enjoy. They do have some good Black songs. It is positive in a lot of ways. And we need to see positive uh, Black influences on the screen. Uh, but we also need to see more Blackity Black films. So what I'm hoping is that this ushers in kind of a new generation of, of additional Christmas films that, that bring us some depth, that bring us more Blackness, that bring us more realness. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. And hopefully we get to see more from that going forward. So thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, you know, please, please, please do not forget to subscribe to the Color Gray podcast. I want to thank my guests, Trey and Sharonda. And before you guys leave, please tell us where we can find you. Plug all of your things. I'll start with Sharonda. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the YouTube thing at Pay or Wait. That's P-A-Y-O-R-W-A-I-T. It's not a check to cash place. It's a TV and film review <laughs> site. My mother thinks that is a check in a cash place. And you can find me at www.payorwait.com. And Trey, where can everyone find you? You can find me at Twitter, um, at Trey Mangum. Instagram, Trey.Mangum. And YouTube, at Trey Mangum TV. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys again so much. I'm looking forward to having you guys back again. And thanks for listening. And now for our next segment, Let KB Put You On. First up, the TV show that I am recommending is Bridgerton. Set in Regency-era London and spanning a very competitive marriage market season, Bridgerton is a salacious period drama. It's intriguing, over-the-top dramatic, and also very relatable at times. The costuming is superb, and there's no shortage of classism, wealth wars, 
family drama and love triangles. I love that Reggae Jean Page is Simon Bassett and the male lead of this project. You know, I have been a fan of his since his other Shondaland uh, body of work for the people. So while there are a few POC characters uh, that have more prominent roles in the series, it isn't as diverse as I hoped it would be. But it is, however, very much still entertaining and giving me the peak messiness that I love. The chemistry between Reggae Jean and his co-lead Phoebe is really, really good. So buckle up to see how the Bridgerton family turns London upside down in this racy new show. And let's be real, I am actually strongly considering participating in some sort of marriage market season myself for 2021. Um, Of course, only if we get updated rules that are not steeped in misogyny, ownership, and a handful of other things. Because, you know, truly, it is hard to find love, even in the pre-pandemic age. And so, you know, shout out to the characters of Bridgerton for even putting themselves out there. So check out Bridgerton only on Netflix and available just in time for holiday binging. Next up, we have Soul. So, you know, Pixar has an uncanny way of making me cry. And Soul was really no different. I mean, the film is visually stunning, uh, transparent and vulnerable in ways that really slapped me in my face. Jamie Foxx is great as Joe, who is a jazz musician and teacher who dies before fully living and appreciating his life. Um, You know, Joe then goes on an otherworldly adventure of getting his soul back to his body before fully transitioning to the great beyond. And so while it does have a majority Black cast of stellar talent, including Felicia Rashad, Angela Bassett, and David Diggs, just to name a few, Joe's partner and sole avenging crime is 22, and 22 is voiced by Tina Fey. In a majority Black production, you know, I couldn't help but wonder why there weren't any Black women to voice 22. I mean, let's be real, there definitely were some Black women to voice 22, but I wonder why they didn't cast in that way. You know, a lot of times a 22 story is centered and it would have been great to have a Black woman have that opportunity to voice her. Um, So with that being said, because that's actually one of my biggest points of contention of the film, um, you know, the animation, on the other hand, is ridiculous good. I mean, the detail of the tattoos on Joe's barber alone should be awarded. You know, I feel like they were able to do something on screen that really captured the visual nuances, the subtleties, differences, and regality of us as Black people. I would also be remiss if I didn't mention the music. So having Jamie Foxx in this role makes perfect sense uh, since he's stolen all of the talent from the world, basically. Um, You know, his debut album is still one of my favorites and having him step into the role of Joe really wasn't a stretch with his musical genius already intact. Soul really just made me appreciate Black musicians and artists even more. You know, it also tackled the afterlife and conversations around it in a more palatable way for for kids and even adults that wasn't terrifying or overwhelming. And so while the film is not perfect, Soul did move me and its message of appreciating life for all it has to offer will always be relevant. So watch Soul now with your family, uh, you know, available on Disney+. 
Lastly, I want to give a special shout out to the feature film Sylvie's Love. Our former host, Joy Childs, worked on this campaign. And I'm going to brag on her a little bit because we attended Sundance 2020 together and we went to the premiere of this film together. And what a full circle moment that she is now doing social media marketing for the studio that picked up this project. And she worked so incredibly hard on this brilliant campaign. And I am so so incredibly proud of her. So, you know, with Sylvie's Love, I actually recently just watched it a second time. And what I love about it is that it's not afraid to show Black love in all of its glory and all of its messiness. You know, it's just so wonderful to see our love on on display. Um, You know, this is actually the perfect film to end my picks of this week on because not only does it center jazz music like soul, but it also features reggae John Page uh, in this film as well, who I talked about a little bit uh, in his project Bridgerton. So yeah, you know, this film centers on jazz musicians and and Black women pioneering in TV production, you know, uh, along with with romance and love. Uh, So some of my favorite, favorite things, you know, and I really just want to shout out the dynamic creative team and talent behind this project. Uh, Namdi and Tessa are stellar as our two co-leads. And, you know, this project goes on a whirlwind adventure that isn't without flaws, but definitely lands where I need it to be. And then some. So watch Sylvie's Love available on Amazon Prime. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Color Grade Podcast. I'm your host, KB, and you can find me on social media at the Lady KB, at the Lady K-A-Y-B on Instagram and Twitter. Also, please follow the Color Grade Podcast on all social media platforms at Color Grade Pod. The Color Grade is produced by Domino Sound with lead producer and editing by Randy Chapman. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.